All right, so I guess everybody is here, so that's kind of cool. And it sounds like we have audio. Uh, Michael, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You sound like you're like across the room, but I can hear you. Uh, is this better? That's much better, yes. Uh, and Jim? Yes, I'm here. And and you sound as, as awesome as ever. Oh, uh, well, thanks. <laughs> oh, shucks. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, and Brian. What, Hi. Hey, Brian's here. All right. How are, th how are things in Nashville these days? Pretty awesome. I, I, I was telling, I was telling uh, Michael and Jim, it was like, I had earbuds, and I think, I think Penelope decided to move them for me. Uh, well, I think she's probably good like that. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this podcast to bring you some incredible news. We are under attack. Never before has this reporter seen such devastation, such destruction. Ladies and gentlemen, I fear the time has come for Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules! So grab a can of fermented weed and listen up. It may just save your life. Mule peeps, welcome back to Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. I'm your host, Douglas Arthur, and today we are cracking open the vault and piecing together another titanic installment of Bonus Mystery Outtake Show. A couple of episodes ago, we hit number 50, and I thought we'd commemorate the occasion by presenting some of the great discussions that never made it to air. Quite often, in the interest of time and the occasionally questionable content of Mr. Michael Noble, I have to trim out some great conversations. So today we'll cobble together like so many pieces of fresh mutton. Uh, eh, I'm not even sure what that means, but it feels right, so I'm going with it. So we're going to put together uh, a show of clips, and uh, our first clip comes from episode 32 uh, the main topic was a discussion on the cult horror film Lair of the White Worm, but uh, Jim decides to uh, veer off and talk about the film version of the Who's rock opera Tommy. Uh, Ken Russell directed both films, so it's not a huge stretch, but I needed to cut for time. Let's listen to what you missed. All right. I know you're a big Who fan, so I'll let yes. you, I'll let you talk huge, about it a little bit. <laughs> I'm a huge Who fan. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. Um, I've seen it a couple few times. It's it's okay. It has, uh, it, but it has the Kurt Russell or Ken Russell, sorry, um, oddness and flamboyance. It has a lot of that. I think they he really felt free to just kind of go with it in that movie because of the subject matter of the film and because it's a rock opera thing so he probably felt okay to indulge in there and you know it does have the rather um uh, enjoyable scene with Anne margaret uh dancing in beans and uh and uh, soap bubbles <laughs> and you know, that was you know back when Anne margaret was you know put together pretty well there you go <laughs> um and i mentioned this to you when we were doing our pre-show talk and I, and I, there was a quote that was by Ken Russell, and I was hoping to find the clip on YouTube, but it's not there. And it's in the documentary, The Kids Are All Right, which is about The Who, and that came out in about 1979, just not long after um, Keith Moon died. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, in, it's, it's, it's a very – it's an excellent documentary that has no kind of narration, and it's not necessarily chronological. It's just here's their music, here's some of their interviews, and just kind of tells the story and gives you the attitude of the band. And there's one point in there that uh, they, they – I didn't know who he was for a long time, but this is older guy in his 50s or maybe in his 60s. I'm not sure how old he was at the time. And uh, you know he's got long gray hair and a bushy gray mustache, and he's wearing he's wearing a jean jacket with rhinestones all over the shoulders, and he's you know open collar kind of thing. And he, and he's he, his quote is, and I hope I can do it justice. He's he's talking about England, 
or the UK. Uh, he says, uh, this country is a weird, feeble, grotesque state, and it's about time it got out of it. And the reason it could get out of it is rock music. And I think Townsend, The Who, Roger Daltrey, Entwistle, Moon could rise this country out of its decadent ambient state more than Wilson or those crappy people could ever hope to achieve. <laughs> Go see Tommy. <laughs> And, and, and I'm telling you, he gets, I mean, he really builds to that last point and then it, then the, then it cuts into a song from Tommy, the song, Tommy, Can You Hear Me? And I was telling you how I was writing down, okay, now what movies have I seen by, by Ken Russell? Let's see, there's uh, the, the one we're going to talk about tonight, of course, uh, Altered States. Ah, there's another one. There's another one. And all yes. the while, I'm listening to the, the this song playing, Tommy, Can You Hear Me? Can you feel? And I'm listening to this. What is the other movie? What is the other movie? <laughs> Tommy, Can You Feel Me? Tommy, Tommy. Oh, right, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. He did that. He did that. <laughs> Our next clip is from our infamous missing episode, our, our lost episode, uh, number 36. It was originally supposed to be. Um, I had a concept where I wanted to do um, a kind of a faster-paced, uh, you know, topic-oriented show um, about some of the news items uh, at the time. And um, this was originally recorded on April 1st, 2000. Uh, 15 and um, there were a few topics that I wanted to cover that day um, wound up uh, having a mix-up and um, Brian thought the uh, recording was going to be at a different time than Jim and Michael and uh, so I wound up recording them separately and my idea was to try to splice them all together and make it sound um, like it was one big conversation. Unfortunately, the uh, it it uh, was a little too much work, and by the time I got too far with it, um, some of the uh, topics had become very stale. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, here's a bit of the pre-roll uh, conversation that uh, Michael and, and Jim and I had, and then. Um, I kind of launch in to uh, our first topic. All those people that you know, all those people that you know, all those people that you know, floating in the river all H O T C H K A? Hotchka, there you go. Hotchka. I know you're going to do introduction, introduction, so there you go. Hotchka.com. Hotchka.com. For, formerly of Click Clack. Formerly. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do we'll do the we'll do the quickie little introductions, uh, and then we'll we'll jump right in. I'll just throw topics out, and we'll we'll get some opinions as we as we go. So. Do it. All right. Uh, welcome Can back to Assault of the. What? Hey, no, can't I'm hear sorry, the thunder. Sorry to interrupt again. Yeah, you interrupted. Curse you! Curse you, Doctor Dim. <laughs> I'm sorry, but can you hear the thunder? No, I can't. Oh, okay. All right, then I won't reference it. Uh, can you? I thought maybe you know you were watching wrestling or something. No, 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 no. no. Or you know, could be bodily function. So you know, just keep the thunder at the top of the house. We have, uh, we have. A, it's a dark and stormy night over here. So yes. All right, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, no, that, that's quite all right. Uh, Welcome back to Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules. I'm your host, Douglas Arthur. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, I don't think we've completely uh, come up with a title for what we're about to do, but uh, I'm kind of uh, edging towards uh, Two-Headed Space News, um, although other uh, possible titles uh, include um, Mule Droppings and or... Uh, Space Nuggets. I don't know. Uh, basically, what we're going to do is we're, there's been a lot of uh, cool uh, geek news in the last few weeks, and I, I really just wanted to kind of catch up and, and have fun chatting about some of this stuff. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, anyway, uh, joining me uh, tonight, we've got uh, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, all the way from 
St. Paul, Minnesota. How are things out there in St. Paul, Jim? Uh, uh, they're fine. We had a very nice warm day, and when you have a nice warm day, sometimes you get a nice stormy night. So we've got that going right now. <laughs> Excellent. Now, by nice warm day in Minnesota here on April 1st, what does that mean exactly? What are we talking about? Uh, the temperature got into the lower 80s. Really? Really. Oh, wow. Man. I think 82. That's pretty darn awesome. Because uh, I we were we were stuck in the 40s today, so. Uh, but you know what? That's good news for me because that means that that warm weather is making its way towards uh, towards me here on the East Coast, and I'll probably see it in the next day or two. Yeah, that's so, what I figure. Yeah, yeah, excellent. And uh, no stranger to good weather, uh, Michael Noble out there on the on the left coast, out in California. Um, and he is now with a new website called Hotchka.com, uh, which is kind of like Chachki spelled backwards, I think. Um, how are you doing, Michael? Uh, I'm so good, I can't stand it. How about you, Douglas? <laughs> I, I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just quickly, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Hotchka? What's the, what's the concept? Well, uh, Hotchka is. Um New website, kind of the uh, not the precursor, but the um, what's what's the opposite of precursor? Uh, Phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't exactly say that. Of ClickClack, who I used to be with. Um, okay. Uh, doing same thing: television, uh, uh, gaming, uh, film reviews. Uh, it actually launches tomorrow on the second. We didn't want to launch it uh, on the first, being that it was April Fool's. So, and all the all that goes with that. So. Excellent. Um, same great writing. Um, that that was an April Fool's joke right there, and uh, same guys with it. So there you go. Oh, excellent! Half of that. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's uh, that's great. And uh, Jim, you're still doing the uh, the radio show there on uh, Z Talk Radio, correct? That's right. I'm doing Dimland Radio. However, I'm on a uh, technology hiatus. Uh, our oh. laptop fried. Oh, the very show good. Is on hold until we get our until uh, we get that situated. Ah, very good. So uh, federal uh, income tax rebate uh, might be put to put to use. Yeah, it's beginning to look that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on to some happier news, um, and uh, we'll we'll start things off. Our very first topic uh, just came across the wire yesterday. I don't know if um, you guys saw this, uh, but uh, Toho has announced they are making a new Godzilla movie, and it will be out next year. Um, so uh, this is kind of big news. They have not made a Godzilla movie um, since 2004's uh, Final Wars. Um, so uh, I, I thought this was pretty exciting, that they're going to go ahead, based on the success of the American movie uh, last summer, they're going to make uh, another Godzilla movie of their own. Um, so uh, the the interesting thing, the interesting other part of that news is if you're an anime fan, uh, th this might get you excited. I'm I'm not. Um, I've heard of this uh, cartoon, but I, I I've never actually seen it. But uh, the uh, there's going to be two directors. It's going to be co-directors for the new um, Toho Godzilla movie. Um, Hideke Anno and Shinju Higuchi. Um, they're most famous for um, a, uh, a uh, anime called uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, um, which, which I've actually heard of. Uh, I've never seen. And uh, apparently that's uh, well-regarded in anime circles, so I guess some uh, glimmer of excitement there. Um, but uh, what do you guys think? I have think? heard of that. Uh, I, I don't know anything about it, but I actually have heard of that, and um, um, have heard of both of those directors, to be honest with you. But that's, oh, that's, that's the extent of my knowledge on that. That's interesting, yeah. though. Yeah. But I, are you guys excited about, uh, you know, another Toho Godzilla, or are you holding out for the next uh, Gareth Edwards uh, movie, which supposedly won't be out till 2018? We've got another three years to wait. Well, I guess we'll just have to go with the Toho one, since it's coming out sooner. <laughs> but i got to admit, I haven't seen a Toho monster 
film and you know uh, one of the more recent ones. I don't think I've I, I can't even think of the most recent one I've seen, except for hmm. possibly Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. <laughs> That's how far back I go. Yeah, that's not very recent either. That's no. like 40 years ago. <laughs> 40 years, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. Make a Godzilla for me. I think that was the last one I saw. Oh, jeez. Wow. That's, that's, that's pushing the 40-year limit. I think the Jim's got me beat. <laughs> yeah, I think that that one was just uh, a little bit after that one. Uh, so, yeah. but, but it's, um, it's about... Um, in the future, there's like these these monsters that show up, and they they make these suits. These even I can't pronounce it right. The neon suits, and they fight the big monsters, and it's sort of like a Godzilla kaiju thing. But then I hear tell that there's like, and again, it's been years since I've seen it, but I always I hear tell that there's like uh, Kabbalah in it, and I I didn't I didn't pick up on a lot of it. Hmm. I'll be honest with you. Interesting. But it, it's um it's it's really cool looking and the designs are nice, and but but I'm not the the, the biggest uh, anime aficionado. I, I used to like Fist of the North Star because it was like Mad Max and Kung Fu movies. So <laughs> yes, well we might all, get yeah. we might get to Mad Max and uh oh in a let's hope bit. so yes. <laughs> <laughs> Our next clip is a bit of a lengthy rambling outtake um, from the Lair of the White Worm episode, episode 32, with uh, Jim Fitzsimmons once again. Um, and we get off on talking about uh, podcasts that we like, uh, The X-Files, Twin Peaks, William Shatner, Scooby-Doo, and, uh, and then we wind up um, chatting for quite a while about uh, one of my favorite bands, King Crimson. So, <laughs> so anyway... Alrighty, well, um, I'll let you go. Uh, I, I'll edit this together somehow and make make <laughs> sense out of it. Uh, you know, we we got off on some uh, interesting tangents. That's okay, isn't it? <laughs> hey, if you you should check out. Uh, I just started listening to it. I think there's about twenty episodes at this point. There's a, a comedian named uh, Camille Najani, Najani okay. or something. And I I'm assuming you're an X Files fan. Oh yeah, yeah. He is doing a podcast called the the X Files Files, hmm. and he's it's he's not doing every episode, but he's doing most episodes. I the, the, I just listened to the first uh, his first podcast of it, and they do the the pilot and the second episode. They talk about that, and then and they talk about the shows a little bit, and then you know, he gets somebody on that's a comedian or somebody, and and you know, and they talk about it. And so far, I'm. You know, I'm in the second show listening now, and it, so far it's it's been interesting and and it's kind of cool. He hmm. says he's I'm not he's, he says I'm not gonna he's I'm not gonna do every show, but uh, yeah, he says I'll I'll steer you away from the bad ones because there were some bad ones. He says, <laughs> but you know after season six, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, and I and I've been watching them again on Netflix. Oh, and very I'm, good. I'm, I think I'm up to season seven and. Hmm. Uh, but the, it's you know he said uh, it's it's kind of cool so you check it out the X Files files Camille Nanjani's X Files files so. all right I'm gonna have to look, I'm gonna have to check that out because that's actually a, a, a topic I want to tackle on this show at some point um, so it was one of my favorite shows uh, yeah and, you know and it it would be it would give me a good excuse to uh, revisit uh, yeah they're all they're streaming on Netflix along I've with been watching it. Along and, with Twin Peaks too. <laughs> oh, that's on there too. Yeah, it, Twin Peaks. Yeah, for me, it's like the first season, and then after that. Yeah, well, that's the way it is so. with everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, because I can remember uh, just graduating art school or something when that show was on, and going to a friend's party on yep. the night that that Twin Peaks was on, and then when that came on, everybody sits down at the TV and watches Netflix, watches the Twin Peaks, and yeah. it's, it's yep. a, a few people are kind of looking at us. What are you guys doing? It's Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Gotta watch, watch Twin Peaks, but yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, 
X. I've been watching X Files, and I've been watching the next gen- Star Trek Next Generation, which mm. is the best generation of the uh, Star Trek shows. Ah, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Please don't get me started. I know, I know. <laughs> Kirk I, lives. Kirk does, but he couldn't act. Well, he could. I don't know. He had that, his moments. That was part of the charm of Captain uh, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> It's but you know what because Shatner can act. It's I mean because he's done stuff where you know he's good. Um, you know like the, 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 that Boston Legal Show. He you know yeah, I didn't watch yeah. too much, but he, but he played the character he played fit him so well, well yeah, from what enough. I saw of it. But true anyway, enough. so yeah, that X Files thing that's really cool. But you know something <clears throat> when X Files was first on, it was just in my budding of being a skeptic. I mean I was always kind of skeptical, but it was just kind of finding my way at the beginning and so now that i watch these things like ah Mulder, come on (laughs) yeah it's always always right (laughs) that was one of the that was one of the cool things about that that show is that you know scully was always there to say this you know you're full of crap (laughs) well that's a point that uh that uh, on this podcast that they make that they say that uh it you know keeping uh, Scully skeptical because yeah, after a time it's like yeah. Mulder is always right he's always right <laughs> and, yeah. and I thought wouldn't it be great if there was a show with they, they have it's like this but the skeptic is always right it turns out not it's, it looks like it is but then it, there's always a rational explanation and I thought well yeah there was Scooby Doo yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah, there pretty was much. yeah <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah it's it's, it's worth I, I you know I've been listening uh, it's like taking on another podcast to listen to but <laughs> yeah oh. I've ar- I'm already listening to too many yeah yeah it's just uh, it's, I, hard, I, it's hard to keep I'm like five episodes behind on uh, WTF so oh I, I see and I I've listened to some of them but I I, I can't I, you know I used to listen to uh, Kevin Smith's Smodcast. Oh and, God, yeah. And I used to, and it was it could be really funny. I mean, the, his friend Scott Mosier is, is even funnier than Kevin. Yeah. And you know, I used to listen to, it, but then you know, he he discovered pot and his love for that, or yeah. rediscovered it, and yeah. it, it got to be a pot podcast. Yeah. More so, which is kind of odd because I like Doug loves movies. Doug Benson's all about the pot, and I listen to that every week, but. I, at some point, it's just, I go, okay, Smodcast, just, I have to let that one go. And I yeah. was listening to Nerdist for a while, and I had to let that one go. I just, there's just too much. I just can't. Yeah. Yep. There's too many. Yeah. My my favorite ones are the ones that only update, like, once a month. Uh, well. <laughs> I can keep up with them. Well, you know, I listen to the Adam Carolla podcast, and that's, you know, five days a week. And Oh, Jesus. You know, How can you keep up with that? Well, <clears throat> sometimes, I, well, I can listen at work. Most I, I have, I'm able to listen to a lot of these at work, oh, and then helpful. I over the weekend I'll I'll get my MP3 player and I'll bang off a bunch on those and and catch up. So, but you know, yeah, I must I must listen to at least I don't know, at least yeah eight or ten podcasts, I think, <laughs> and that may not be may not seem like it's a lot, but boy, I tell you. So especially when you have a daily one, and sometimes his will go like two hours. It's like, God damn, Adam, you know, an hour and a half when he went, he was an hour for a long time, and then he went to an hour and a half, and that extra half hour seems to take forever. I enjoy yeah. the show though. Yep. I enjoy yep. the show, and I listen to, you know, I listen to it. So, <clears throat> and then there's that stuck in the eighties thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, eventually, someday. Uh... They'll 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 get back around to uh, doing that uh, '80s in the in in the Twin Cities podcast. Oh, I you know I I, I almost it, it it would be kind of passive aggressive to do it. I know, but I should I have picked out five local bands. There there are videos of them playing either at First Avenue or Seventh Street Entry, which is the same building. It's the same. Right. You know, First Avenue is the big main room, and then. The Seventh Street entry is this smaller little venue within. So, and they've got you know from from in the '80s these bands is playing. I've got five of them picked out so I could do a week's worth. And I I told Steve I said well, I could do these to correspond with if we do the Minneapolis show. You know I could do this 
that same week, the week that you put out that podcast, and that week I could have all these. And he said, "Oh, that sounds great," but then you know, <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. almost like saying it like passive aggressively, and that's because well, since we probably won't be doing a Minneapolis show, can I just do a week's worth of the Minneapolis bands that I had picked out? <laughs> right, right. So, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, who knows? <clears throat> who knows? I mean, I think it's cool that, that Steve lets me do up a, a, you know, a blog post here and there. Yeah. I didn't. I did. I. I did uh, one on red guitars that I I did it yesterday and got it sent to him. Sorry, you know, post it when you can. So I don't know if he got it in for today or not. I haven't checked. Anyway, yeah, I I I haven't I haven't done a blog post in a while. He did he did ask me if I wanted to do a review of the uh, the hardcore Devo show I went to, but i i actually started writing one and i never got it finished and Mm -hmm. you know uh it that was right around the time i had started my new job and i would just you know yeah yeah it just wasn't happening (laughs) you know um i listened to a podcast called uh the geologic podcast which is hosted by a fellow named george rob and he's a skeptic and all that and uh but he's a musician and he's Mm. a huge fan of king crimson Hmm. And he just did a thing. He got to, you know, you got to see the, you know, the King Crimson show before the tour. Yeah. And, yep. and I think he got to see two of their shows on the tour. Yeah. Uh, and he just was, he just talked about how, how well they integrated three drummers and how they made that work. And it wasn't just, he says, you know, he's a drummer. So yep, yep. he kind of knows all this stuff. He's a musician, so he understands a lot of this, what's going on. And he says a lot of bands, you know, like Grateful Dead would have two drummers, and it would just they'd be doing the same thing, except one would be playing a hi-hat and one would be playing some, a snare, you know, but play, you know, but they'd be essentially doing the same thing. He says these guys, these three guys, would they would take a piece of drumming that one would start it, the other one would continue it, and the other one would finish it. You know, they would do stuff like that. I mean, and they would... How they? I don't know how we could get three drummers to work, but he he thought, he just raved about the shows. Yeah, they um, they were they did a wonderful job. It was really really amazing to mm-hmm. watch, um, especially having that rare opportunity to see it three nights in a row, like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just amazing to watch um, how much they got better from the first night to the third night uh, you know mm-hmm. i mean it, albany was the very first stop on that tour mm-hmm. and so you know there's always that opening night jitters um, right and you know i was lucky enough to be invited to the rehearsal show on you know on the monday night before mm-hmm. they played tuesday and wednesday for the regular shows and um it, it was just amazing to see how much they worked out from the first night to the third night. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it really it was incredible um, to, to, to see. It was, it was a great three nights of, of music. Um, so there you go. I'm, yeah. gonna, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm at a loss. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know, it's, and I always thought it was strange when, you know, when we were doing the King Crimson week. Right. And good lord, the ball game's in the 16th inning. Wow. Uh, um, <laughs> just checking the scores. The Nationals and Giants are still tied at one, and they're in the 16th inning. Oh, good lord. And uh, yeah, and anyway, and the Dodgers and Cardinals are in the fourth, and the Dodgers are up by two. That's uh, your sports report. Oh, see, well, now we know where Michael is. He's watching the Dodgers. <laughs> That's why he was iffy. Yep. So, yeah, we, we did the, the King Crimson week, and. I only know the one song by King Crimson. That's Sleepless. That's yeah. that's. I don't know any other songs. You know, I, I. It's a good song to know. <laughs> it's a good song to know, and it's what's strange is that song came. Uh, my knowledge of that song came from uh, my younger brother had bought one of those, uh, um, you know, the, the a label compilation album where they will put a bunch of their artists that they you know. Right. Like, yep. I don't know which record label it was, but it was a cassette. 
and it came in a canister. It was like a you know uh, military food kind of thing. You know, what you that, I don't know some kind of something like that. And it had a bunch of bands on there that it had the, the first Smith song by the Smiths that I heard. Yeah. First song by the Church that I had heard, and those two bands became you know jumped off of that, and I started following you know buying their stuff and that, and I think there was at least one other on there, but. You know, and King Crimson was on that with Sleepless, and I liked that song a bunch. And it's it's weird how I did not pursue that one. I don't know why. Right. I don't know why I did not pursue King Crimson. I pursued the the other artists that I thought were really good on yeah. there and and then checked them out, but not them. I I don't and I've never quite figured out why. It, it it's <laughs> funny, you know. I think King Crimson is so unique in the way that they do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and their sound is is unique um i think sometimes it's just it's hard to kind of wrap your brain around it immediately Mm -hmm. as i know for me uh i did not like king crimson at all when i first heard them i just was like what the hell is this It, it it was completely antithetical to my musical upbringing mm-hmm. um you know and i just i just didn't get it but you know three four years later down the road i gave it another try because i was a big liner note freak and mm-hmm. i started seeing you know uh these names uh, mm-hmm. in the liner notes of all of my favorite you know bands i'm like Oh, you know, I was a big Talking Heads fan, and it's like, oh, there's Robert Fripp on, on Fear of Music, and Adrian Blue on uh, Remain in Light, and oh, look, I like David Bowie, and there's Robert Fripp on Heroes, <laughs> and David, you know, and Adrian mm-hmm. Blue is on uh, the Lodger album, and uh, you know, and and hey, look, Tony Levin plays with uh, Peter Gabriel, and hey, Robert Fripp produced a Peter Gabriel album, and <laughs> and. And, you know, Bill Bruford from Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. And, I'm, you know, I, I, I stumbled across a King Crimson album in the record store back when, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, records. LP's oh, yeah. final. And wow. uh, I'm looking at it. I'm going, hmm, who's in this, ba- who's in this band? Um, and I was looking. Oh, let's see. Robert Fripp, check. Adrian Blue, check. Tony Levin, check. <laughs> uh, you know, Bill Bruford. I'm like, I should like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like I should. I, it seems like I should. So yeah. I'm like, I'll give them another try. And, well, that's that's why I was so. Boom! It cl- it clicked. I'm like, this is I, I liked it. You know, the second time around. This is that's why I was grateful for your input in that week because it's like, well, you know the band. Yeah. You know, I know they're significant and, and all that, but I just I knew the one song. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, okay. You, that's more than a lot of people know. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I love the one song. I think that bass riff, that bass line, is just you know the da 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 It's just just so killer. I just yeah. love it. Yeah, it's, and, a, it's a nice, it's a nice bass. It's got a great feel to it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's getting late. Yes. And you got you know if you want the show's on in less than an hour. It's <laughs> good as etalkradio.com. I'll, Click I'll on listen in chat. You can be in the I'll, chat room. I'll see if I'm still awake at midnight. <laughs> from episode 36 which uh, I did an interview with uh, Tom McWaters, Colleen McWaters and Chris Martinez about their um, locally produced 
cartoon show called the uh, Theater of the Absurd. Um, and this was kind of a little bit of uh, rambling that we did at the very end of the show. Um, after the interview proper was over, we kept the tape rolling and uh, wound up having a pretty interesting conversation about a variety of topics. Um, so enjoy this clip with a conversation with uh, Tom, Colleen, and Chris. Wake up in the morning every goddamn day Grind my fingers to the knuckles for a lousy pay Smoke myself a cigarette and put my troubles to bed You were looking for an angel in white But instead you got a devil in red Come home in the evening When the day is done One shot, one kill Just like the man with a golden gun You can't kill me With those bullets made in their head You were looking for an angel in white I'm sure I, I'm sure I will edit the hell out of that, but okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. How how did that go? Were you guys okay oh, with that? Yeah, good. that was fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Excellent. Yeah. I I feel like I like missed a whole lot of possible conversations, but no, not at all. It was cool. Whatever we talked about. If there was something we wanted to talk about that we didn't uh, mention, it would have come up. You know, we have big mouths, all of us. So. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Ah. So wait, I, are you guys uh, are you guys doing any any more shows locally? Uh, um, no, that was actually the only screening we right. had uh, we had lined up. Yeah, yeah. The only uh, it, it was even kind of a chore to get that place to let us show it because it's a uh, the low beat. They play bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every night, and uh, you know, for them to try out something a little different, you know, they had to kind of step out of their comfort range. And uh, sure, sure. You know, I suppose we should have thanked him on the air, but uh, well, you know, whatever. I don't. Maybe uh, I don't think I'm Facebook friends with him anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. I think I I think I mentioned the low beat a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I did a little pre-intro before you guys yeah. came on that I I, I mentioned the uh, premiere happened mm -hmm. there. So. Oh, we don't, yeah, we don't have any shows planned, uh, any live shows anyway. Um, I, 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 I do music shows here and there. Um, then I have a couple of coming up, but nothing where I'm going to be showing the movie. Okay. Uh, I'll be plugging it when I'm mm -hmm. at those shows. Well, of course. <laughs> you you kind of have to at, at this yeah. point. Mm -hmm. at, yeah. So, excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to be out in Buffalo in a couple of weeks for a Comic-Con out there. And, oh, nice. Oh, yeah, I saw you doing the Buffalo Con. Yeah, and uh, that's going to be fun. They just announced Jim Steranko is going to be there, so. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I heard this, well, I heard this actually from the person involved, you know, from the person involved, but uh, the owner of Earthworld was telling me he wanted to go half-seas on, you know, the Jim Steranko appearance, appearance fee with the guy from Albany Comic-Con, but the Comic-Con guy wouldn't go for it. Hmm. Yeah, like, what the hell? Like, come hmm. on, man. What did uh, he work on, Steranko? Uh He did a lot of, like, uh, Nick Fury, like, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff back in, like, the... Yeah, uh, like Captain 70s. America, he did. Yeah, it's very, very trippy stuff. Like, oh, yeah? Well, the, the interesting thing with him is that he only really did, like, maybe... Oh, I gotta step back for a moment. 20 issues of... Of comics, but, you know, uh, for, wow. for, for Marvel, but he is so well known. You know, his stuff was so good that. Oh wow. Um, he d he really brought a lot of like cinematic, um, you know, cinematic uh, styling to it. Um, he had he was one of the first people to do uh, pages with no dialogue or captions. Oh wow. Um, oh wow. And and he had to fight for that because they weren't going to pay him for writing those pages. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> wow! But he did. Uh, he did some really, and he came from advertising, kind of like Neil Adams came from advertising, and oh, yeah. so. Oh, really? So did uh, Ridley Scott. Yeah. So he he brought that kind of sensibility to it too. So his artwork was um, a little more realistic, uh, <coughs> in some ways, 
Um, so uh, he he was he was really cool, especially his stint on um, you know Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. Um, he was really the he was really the the driving force behind that book. Um, you know, Nick Fury was always uh, kind of a uh, well, he was Sergeant Fury in the Howling Commandos uh, back in back in the day. That was the original series, and then. Yeah, it's just more of like a spy, like themed comedy. He, yeah, I think he it was crazy. Like, yeah, wasn't he originally like a Sergeant Rock ripoff? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, or vice versa. I don't know who. Well, vice versa. Yeah, I think I'm not sure. I think Nick Fury might have been first, but oh wow, uh, it's hard to. I don't know for sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, but then it was Starenko's idea to bring him up to date and make him a spy. Um, so he was kind of a create one of the early creators of shield and kind of the shield universe and um it's he's just uh he's an interesting cat uh if you if you look at his uh his um biography he was actually an escape artist so he's like a magician and, a, and an escape artist um and he, you know so he's he's got a real interesting <laughs> past mm. Oh wow! So. Oh yeah, cool stuff. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, he did that Hulk cover. Yeah, oh, yeah. With him with his arm underneath the title. Yep, he did oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember when that came out. And he has a really iconic pose of Captain America too. That. Um, yeah, I think I'm right next. I think that one's right next to the Hulk one I'm looking he, at. Yeah, yeah. He he did uh, he did that as well. So some some really cool stuff, really cool stuff. So he's going to yeah. be at that show, and I'm I'm kind of excited wow. about it. I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, um, that'll be fun. Jeez. Yeah. You know, I, I, I went out there two years ago, and uh, it was just a one day show, and my God, it was uh, it was packed. Um, di- I mean, a good, good crowd of Buffalo. Huge crowd. It was it was unbelievable. It's a different sensibility, different kind of show. It's not. I mean, Fanacon had you know like movie star people, film people, so on. This was mostly comics people. You know, the admission was fairly cheap. It was like five bucks to get in. So I mean, I mean, there were times when the aisles were just so crowded with people, people could not walk by. Wow. Um, I mean, it was great. I, I sold it. I sold a ton of books and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a two day show. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, um, good luck, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's nice is that the guy that runs it um, runs Queen City Bookstore, which is the kind of the, the one. Of, it's actually one of the oldest comic book stores in America. The guy opened it in 1968 um wow his father his father opened it um in 1968 and his father passed away i think in like 1973 uh and he was a he was you know like 19 or 20 decided to take over the business never went to college and he's run a comic book store ever since um so he's you know he's been in the comic book store business you know (laughs) for 40 plus years uh it's pretty amazing um and uh he uh he's he's been putting on a on a convention for a while but when when i went to school out there um he was super nice uh as far as being supportive i mean he when i first published my books back in 1995 96 and 97 he actually bought books from me um, to sell in the store. I don't know that he ever actually sold any copies, but he he took you know he took that chance. I mean, I know when I, I went to the guy at Earthworld, he wouldn't even he wouldn't even look at it. He's like, I don't, <laughs> deal, I don't deal with that shit. Yeah. I was like, okay, fine, fuck you, you know. But um, <laughs> I guess it's not on this Earthworld, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he was, you know, guy out in Queen City was was he was like, yeah, I love independent stuff and. Uh, you know, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a try. And he, he, he cut me a check and and took some books. So it wasn't even a consignment. He he actually bought the books. I gave him a discount, obviously, but you know he uh, he he's been very supportive. So he's bringing me out. Um, you know, bringing me out for the show. So it's gonna be. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I can't yeah. wait. wrong with me? Yes, it is. Oh. Rat on with a rat on here. Yeah. 
Our next clip comes from episode 35, which centered around the cult musical uh, documentary, uh, Erg Music War. And um, Jim and Michael and I get into it about XTC, which I was never a big fan of. Uh, however, they are, and it uh, gets a little explosive. <laughs> Well, I think I'm going to surprise a few people with my... What, you guys don't have anything to add about XTC? I do! I'm going to jump right now! Because you're the host of the show, you're going to gloss over this crap? One of the best bands that was never found by people. I mean, these guys were great. Why they weren't megastars, I don't know. How Mayor of Simpleton was not a huge hit is beyond me. It, it Michael, was a huge take it hit. away. It was no, a huge hit. It wasn't a all huge right, hit. All right, all right. All right. Well, I do have I have one thing to say about XTC about this. I mean, I I've never been a big fan of XTC. And That's I, and it. I, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I'm and I apologize for that. Uh, but I I will just say as a side note um, that this was recorded in 1980, which was around the same time uh, in 1980 that uh, Andy Partridge also recorded a song with The Residents, which I covered on a previous episode. Um, so it's kind of a, a little bit of, uh, you know, synergy there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, XTC just never did it for me. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I'm familiar with them. I don't hate them, but I don't really like them either. So I, I apologize for that. I know he's, they're, they're one of your favorite bands. Uh, of all time, uh, although I do I do have to say I like making plans for Nigel. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's a good song. It is, and and Primus covered it. So there you go. There, there we okay, go. I'm taking I'm taking over this conversation. First of all, Doug, we're going to cure you of this, and and there's a, a million and one reasons you should like XTC. They are okay. paired up with everybody and his brother. They're paired up with the police, the English beat. They've opened. They played with the Cramps. They've they he's played with um, uh, not Bud Holland, whoever the hell that was. They've they they've Jules got Holland. they did a, not Jules Holland, um, oh. Bud uh, not Bud Holland. Damn it! Anyway, it doesn't make any difference. Um, you want to talk about? I dare anyone to find a more prolific writer than Andy Partridge. The dude has written two million songs. <laughs> he's produced everybody and his brother. He's played with everybody and his brother. Mm -hmm. They had a two albums that they put out that were nothing but 60 psychedelia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a, there's a, just a dearth of songs out there that are that are incredible by this band. Um, and Douglas, you just you, you smell your own socks when you take them <laughs> off at night if you don't like XBC. That's all. So <laughs> So there's a, there's a dearth of good songs? Is that what oh, you're wait a minute. I don't think that's a word he, need, he wanted to say, is it? No, I was, uh, I'm so excited that dearth is the wrong thing. I, I am so <laughs> angry at you that you don't like XTC that I'm using the wrong words, all right? That's okay. I, I, I forgive you only because I once made a mixtape called A Dearth of Devo, um, which, which was all Devo songs. <laughs> And and so I, I and I gave it to my my brother who duly chastised me for using the wrong word uh, for my mixtape. So I made a mixtape once called "Much Too Much Eric Clapton" with not a single song by Eric Clapton. <laughs> I was making a comment about the time period at which I made that mixtape because Clapton was like you know he did his tears in heaven. Thing. Oh God! He was the guy. You know, all of a sudden he's the guy, and so I, I just, I even, I even, on the cassette, I even cut out a picture of his. I found a picture of his face in some magazine somewhere, so I cut it out, and I, I put it in there, and I just, and I used, uh, uh, you know, I used like, like ransom notes. I took letters out of. You know, I, I spent too much time on it, but I wrote it out. Too, you know, much too much Eric yeah. Clapton, yeah. <laughs> without a you... single song. I think you spent too much time explaining that. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel shame. Okay, one more thing about XTC and ERG. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the top three performances in the film. Not only is it an excellent song, 
That's one of the top three performances as far as I'm concerned. Dude, just they just rocked it out during that performance. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it is a very good song. I'm, I'm not discounting that. I just, as a whole, on the whole, I've never been overly impressed by XTC. You're I never, un- I never understood the cult of, of XTC, but that's well, okay. Two out of three podcasters disagree. All right, well, then, <laughs> well then I'm just going to go out of business. Sergeant Rock is going to help me. this next clip, Brian Kirkus and I talk about Cribs. So how have you been? I I've been pretty well. How are I, you? I don't think I've talked to you in, uh, Long you know, time. in, a, in a while. We tried setting something up for uh, the fall there with Lair of the White Worm, and I think you fell asleep. Uh, I, I think that's, what, that's literally what happened. <laughs> As, as we say in these parts, I done plum forgot. Either that, either that or it was because we were, you know, dealing with Penelope, and I did probably slept through it. Sleep is a golden thing, you know this. <laughs> yes, it's uh, a it's a great thing. Yes, indeed. Um, well, my my Elena uh, had colic uh, when she was born, so oh my um, sleep was definitely a uh, a commodity that was worth more than gold. Oh, um, definitely. Well, well, our 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 little one. You know, Penelope, she decided yesterday that she wanted to get out of her crib. Mm-hmm. We don't know how she did it, okay. but she did it. So now, <laughs> so now a, a big girl bed is on its way to our house. Excellent. And she's how old? Almost two, right? So she's over two now. She's two and two, and two months. Oh, okay. I think that's About around right. the time we got Elena her uh, big girl bed. Oh my goodness! Uh, was way, was right around, and the only reason we did that was because not that she was climbing out of the crib, she actually climbed into the crib. Now that's even more interesting. So, <laughs> so we said, you know what? She's ready for a bed. Exactly. <laughs> if she's climbing in. Yeah. Well, her her little monitor went off, and we're like, oh my goodness! I run in there and open the door. She's just standing in the middle of the room, smiling. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> In our final clip, Michael decides that he's going to go off on a rant about clowns. And uh, it turns into a discussion about uh, my friend Jason Youngbluth's uh, Weapon Brown and uh, his other uh, cartoon creation, Beepo and Roadkill. Check it out. Yeah, they, the they second were... thing, the second thing, real quickly, is that um, I think, and I think Jim knows too. One of my biggest fears, and I play it up. It's not really a fear, but it is. Is I hate clowns. I they're <laughs> evil. They're just bad. They are. They they mean no one any good. Um, I took a picture in one of my photo blogs and of Boza, a Boza the clown uh, pull toy where it talked. You know the stupid talk boxes. Showed, mm-hmm. it, showed it to one of my daughters, and she saw it, and her hair almost turned white. She goes, you really didn't have that in your room as a kid, did you? Uh, she was that frightened of it. Anyway, about clowns, uh, two people, two clowns that I really like. Frumpy the Clown, Douglas, you may have heard of him. Uh, he was on uh, The Real World with uh, MTV. Guy's name's Judd Winnick. He did a, a popular book, did lots of awards uh, uh, called Pedro and Me about a dude who had AIDS. But one of his creations is Frumpy the Clown, a real asshole, jerkwad, sarcastigating clown that I really love. One of the only clowns that I like. Want to take a guess who the only other clown I like? Um, Beepo? I guess is, is it Beepo the, the clown? Harlequin? No. Bowie's Harlequin character? With... Nope. I'll, I'll tell you. It's the clown that Bowie played, or maybe it was the jester, or maybe it wasn't any of them in Ashes to Ashes. Really yeah, gravitated. That's what That's I was Harlequin. saying. Yeah. That's the Harlequin. Oh, yeah. The Harlequin character. Yeah. Only two clowns I will ever love in my life. All right. Well, I'll give you one more clown that you'll probably like. you got to check it out. Uh, uh, Beepo, the clown. A uh, friend of mine does a 
cartoon comic strip called Beepo and Roadkill. And Beepo is this kind of alcoholic, uh, you know, drug-addled clown <laughs> who's very crude, vulgar, and, and disgusting. Um, but you should you should look look his stuff up. Um, he actually did a great book called Weapon Brown, um, which is a post-apocalyptic Charlie Brown, um, and it's a huge graphic novel. It's like 400 pages, um, and it's it's awesome. Um, I actually worked with his brother way back when, and uh, you know he's he's done some amazing cartoons. He's worked for Mad Magazine and stuff, but. Uh, um, so what, what adjectives did you uh, use to this Beepo the Clown that you said that I'd like? He's, what, what, what he's uh, alcoholic, vulgar, drug-addled, um, and he's got a, a sarcastic cat sidekick named Roadkill. Um, hmm. So anyone that's joining this podcast for the first time and doesn't know your guests, i.e. me, Michael Noble, will think, wow, uh, uh Michael really will dig this clown who's an alcoholic, drug-addled, uh, sarcastic uh, jerkwad. Yeah, this is somebody I want to. Yeah, so, well, thanks, it, thanks for that, Douglas. Well, you that. know, I do what I can. I do what I can. That's, <laughs> no way you do it very well. It's a public service. Um, <clears throat> so. <laughs> so, but, but, but yeah, check it. Check it out. He's got a website. What is deep fried? Uh, dot com and it's uh, some good stuff and uh, and uh, the w- weapon brown is awesome I think you guys would like it Charlie Brown is like this uh, it's kind of a Mad Max uh, character sort of but he's uh, he's an assassin and he basically gets revenge on uh, all of these other cartoon characters uh, Linus uh, is uh, in a subterranean uh, dwelling uh conjuring up the great pumpkin who is really like this cthulhu type character and um uh you know uh, uh, Lu- lucy is like this dominatrix um it, it it's a fun, it's a fun book i i swear uh yeah, it, yeah that sounds a lot of fun douglas <laughs> right yeah kinko kinko the kid loving clown if the kids just love me back, I'll never wear a frown. Kinko, Kinko, the kid-loving clown. If the kids just love me back, I'll never wear a frown. <laughs> Kinko's in his Kinko car, pockets full of change. Lots of dirty pictures and sticky candy canes. All the kids love Kinko for the presents that they get. Silly leather clothes to wear and happy cigarettes. <laughs> And there you have it, folks. Another bonus mystery outtake show is in the books. And it's also probably our last show for the year of 2017. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Assault of the Two at His Base Mules this year and uh, every year. And if you're a new listener, we hope you continue to listen. Got some uh, great ideas lined up for next year. And uh, we hope to see you back soon. In the meantime, have a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. And Whatever it is you're celebrating out there, I hope it's a joyous occasion. This is always a special time of year, no matter what you believe in. Have a great night. This episode of Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules is brought to you by Sled Dog Beer. Sparkling and crisp, this classic American beer goes down smooth like the frozen tundra. Made from only the finest imported yellow snow, Sled Dog's master craftsmen slow brew this lager with a secret blend of old world spices for a taste that will chill your taste buds like an arctic wind and refresh your thirst like an open fire hydrant. Next time you're out and your mouth craves a blizzard of flavor, ask for a safety sealed can of America's finest Sled Dog. We watch where the huskies go so you don't have to. Sled Dog. It may be cheap, but it still qualifies as beer. And speaking of not cheap, today's episode is brought to you by Wesley's Hot Cocoa for Cats. Won't you give your cat a steaming mug today? Just mix with milk and watch them purr. It's the perfect winter snack for any feline friend. That's Wesley's Hot Cocoa for Cats. Ask for it by name. 
Basalt of the Two-Headed Space Mules is copyright 2017 by Douglas Arthur for Dugside Syndicate. All other content is copyright its respective holders and is used under the doctrine of fair use. You can contact the show by sending email to spacemules at yahoo.com or you can follow us on Twitter at spacemules and head over to Facebook to check out the official Salt of the Two-Headed Space Mules fan page for all the latest news, shows, and celestial ephemera. And don't forget to check out cafepress.com slash space mules for all your space mules swag t-shirts hats coffee mugs you name it we have all the highest quality merchandise you can shake a zuni doll at be sure to subscribe on itunes so you'll never miss an episode all previous episodes are available to stream or download at spacemules.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Be sure to tune in next time when you'll hear my brother say, This once highly anticipated product may actually cause an entire generation to return to bare feet. Was that the Ken Russell one? No, no. That that was Uh-oh. the. Remember, we tried to do the uh, two-headed space news. Um, oh, okay. That was April. That was April first. Holy oh, crap! Wow. No wonder why it didn't work out. And and I don't know. We we mixed up with the time, and I wound up recording Brian separately from you guys. And okay, I remember that. And uh, and then just in the uh, trying to edit the two audio streams together it was taking forever and by the time i i finished like half of the stuff had come out that we had talked about <laughs> so so i kind of gave up on it uh but uh eventually that 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 stuff will that stuff will see the the light of day on an outtake show perhaps it'll be um, the lost episode